Hello there, ghosts and ghoulies. I'm here to talk to you about one of our lovely sponsors on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, Revenge Lover. Stand out from the crowd. For samples and inquiries, please visit revengelover.com. Mention you heard it on the 4i Radio Network to receive 10% off your order. <laughs> now enjoy the rest of the program. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Arcade Bros. I know it's been a long time. We did have a little bit of an episode. Uh, we actually recorded a socially awkward episode. And we were talking about um, the E3 uh, 2018. So I decided to release that as a really long, crazy episode of Arcade Bros. So you do have to deal with a bunch of socially awkward if you did listen to that one. So I just want to thank everybody for uh, still tuning in. Yes, I know it's it's been a while with a lot of different podcasts and a lot of different things. Um, let me give you an update. Uh, I moved to a new place, so I now have a new studio space and everything like that, which I'm recording the very first episode. Um, as you can tell, I am going solo on this one because I decided uh, while I wait for um, uh, anybody who wants to actually be on the show, uh, my two co-hosts, Matthew and uh, Raven, uh, they are living their lives, doing their thing. So they will come back once uh, things are kind of, you know, Raven's got all for different projects, Matthew he just moved as well, so everyone's got a short little break, but I didn't want to stop doing um, podcasts. Um, I still want to keep a lot of these podcasts alive, like Long Box Cast, Arcade Bros, and stuff like that. So if you are somebody who lives in the uh, Phoenix, Arizona area, or even if you're outside the state, we can even Skype in. If you're a video game fan or just want to share some stuff or would like to be a guest host uh, on the show and uh, you know do some tryouts, I'm more than welcome for that. You know where to find me at you know arcade underscore bros on Twitter, Instagram. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page, all that stuff, or where to find us. You know foriradios.com, Facebook.com, Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Zoom Marketplace, BlackBerry Podcast, Blueberry Podcast, Mirror Guide, Double Twist, YouTube, Swell Radio, Player FM, Google Play Music, and now Google apparently has a new iPod or not iPod, a uh, podcast app. Did not know about that, so... But yeah, so I did some moving, and uh, I decided to try something new with the little Arcade uh, Bros shows now. I'm going to start doing these retrospectives, I think, where I uh, start talking about probably, like, uh, maybe, like, uh, what was the first time I got into, uh, such as this episode's RPGs. I'm going to be talking about when I was first introduced to RPGs, uh, what RPG really hooked me, what RPG really stuck with me. The reason why I'm bringing, um, doing kind of, like, old-school RPGs uh, I started playing the new uh, Nintendo Switch, just released a game on uh, July uh, 13th. They uh, did a game called uh, Octopath Travelers. Um, I downloaded the demo, it's out. And what's cool about the demo, you can play the demo, and then if you decide to buy the game, your stuff transfers over. Uh, right off the bat, I am already hooked on this game. Uh, it, it really brings me back to um, 
Super Nintendo RPGs and also PlayStation 1 RPGs when they like first came out before they started doing like the 3D graphics and stuff, just really basic kind of sprites and really good music and just how like the levels were laid out. So uh, Octopath Traveler, uh, new RPG on the Switch. Did not know it was actually by Square Enix as well. Uh, It's good to see Nintendo and Squaresoft doing, uh, yeah, I refer to it as Squaresoft because that's what I grew up with it, but uh, Square Enix as everybody knows it today. But yeah, no, uh, back in the day, uh, Squaresoft and Nintendo were pretty much the shit. That was like the capital, um, that was like the staple point, I would say, for RPGs back in the 90s. That was just boom. That was just hitting um, every RPG on all cylinders. And to be honest, um, at least in my opinion, I feel that RPGs have kind of gotten away from us, uh, meaning that they're not, uh, they don't really have that classic feel to them anymore. And don't get me wrong, I love a lot of RPGs. You know, I love the Witcher RPG, you know, leveling up your characters. You know, they get Shadow of Mordor now. Uh, Assassin's Creed um, has now pretty much is adapted to an RPG kind of aspect now, where you're leveling up your character and, uh, you know, modifying your stuff and things like that. But uh, back to, like, I mean, one of the biggest staples to a lot of people who got, I would say, a lot of people into RPGs. Now, I could be wrong about this. This is just my opinion. But Final Fantasy VII was, like, one of those big, like, boom, like... If you were an RPG uh, player and you did not uh, play Final Fantasy VII, uh, it was like, you know, sacrilegious or something. But but I want to dive into pretty much what got me into RPGs and uh, talk a little bit about my history with them and whatnot. So um, if you like this episode, you think it's a great idea that I should do this every so often, uh, once a month even, um, or if you guys do enjoy this until we, you know, have guests come out on the show and stuff like that, I'd be more than happy to take you guys down some of the memory lanes of, uh, different video games that I like. So I'm starting with RPGs, um, cause I wanted to give, uh, uh, this, this Octopath Traveler really just kind of brought me back to old school. I honestly just got done playing like an hour's worth of it. Uh, and that's just the demo. Apparently it's a three hour demo. I'll get to a certain point and then probably ask you, would you like to purchase the game? Um, honestly, right now, uh, $59.99, uh, doesn't feel steep to me, uh, actually feels like solid game. Um, so I'm super stoked to dive into that, but so I would have to say probably going all the way back to the classic, uh, Nintendo system. Um, actually another update on that, which I will also be talking about. I did finally get my hands on a Nintendo, a classic NES, and also the, we did get our hands on the classic super NES. Um, I'm actually going to take you guys down the, the reviews on those two, probably on another podcast. Um, I'm going to go through, play uh, a lot of the games, uh, talk about my experiences, if I've ever played the game or have never played the game. Because, in fact, uh, RPG that will probably show up on this list, um, and hopefully I'll get to talk about a lot more, is this Star Tropica. Or Tropical? Or Tropic? Star Tropic. I think it's Star Tropic. Um, that's on the NES. I know you guys can all yell at me later on Twitter and whatnot. But, yeah, so I'm going to take you down to RPG. So I'd have to say probably the first RPG... I ever played, and this is actually before uh, Nintendo, now that I think about it, it was finally, um, it was actually in Ready Player One, Um, it was a game that was not only on the Atari system, but it was also on the PC, and I played it on the PC, but was probably, I believe it was called Quest, Um, and you just played this dot, and you had to go through mazes and stuff like that, and I absolutely love this game, that's why I kind of flipped my lid when I saw Ready Player One and that game was referenced, because I'm like, holy shit, this, like, it fired on all cylinders with that. So I remember playing that game and not, but not even realizing that it was kind of like an RPG, where you had to go through dungeons, you had to, you know, 
uh, find keys and go through and stuff. I, I just took it as a puzzle game, which, you know, in itself, most RPGs are puzzle games. Uh, Legend of Zelda is a prime example of that, um, especially when it got to, like, the Super Nintendo, um, you know, version and carried on from there, especially, like, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is, like, one of the biggest, best kind of puzzle games even in that RPG, you know, just the puzzle aspects about it. So it is just kind of cool and interesting to see where these things kind of develop. But yeah, uh, Tropic uh, Star Tropic uh, was on the NES, and I just started playing it on the classic NES, and it actually blew me away. I was very surprised because I've never heard of this game. It was probably one of those games I saw at the video rental stop and looked at it and flipped it over, looked at the cover. I was like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem for me because, I mean, we didn't we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the reviews, and even if we did have any video game reviews, it was mostly more of if you had Nintendo Power or you had a subscription to these magazines, you had to purchase this information. So most of the time you just didn't check out games because you just didn't know unless your friend had it or somebody rented it and you were over there and somebody was playing it. That's kind of like how you figured out like what games to get and what games not to get. Um, you know, And now you have online stuff and all these things. So basically you basically just kind of was doing like a mixed bag of stuff and you didn't know where you were getting because back then video games were just video games. There wasn't really labels. There wasn't like strategy games, racing games, uh, fighting games, you know, uh, that stuff didn't really start getting labels until I would probably say maybe the 16 bit era, but Nintendo games and even the Sega master system games really didn't have, you know, you didn't know what was, what you were getting. So yeah, I played, I played quest, I believe on the PC and IBM, uh, and then I would say my my next RPG was probably Legend of Zelda. Uh, I remember getting the ends this uh, the Nintendo system Entertainment Center. My dad actually he bought a uh, Sega Master System with the with the Ghostbusters game in it, and it had like this 3D glasses thing going with it or whatnot. And we were like, no, we don't want this. We want the Nintendo. So my dad ended up taking that back, coming back with the Nintendo, and got like you know the box, you know, with two controllers, the gun, two games, Super Mario Brothers, and Duck Hunt, and then the next game uh, was Legend of Zelda, and that was just, it was crazy, because you remember playing Duck Hunt, and you remember playing Mario, which is this classic side-scrolling game, jumping, moving, you know, kind of dodging and making your way through this castle, and now you have this top-down view, which, again, never seen before, except in Quest, but you don't really factor it, because Quest was just like a blocks and little basic squares, so now you have this kind of like 8-bit sprite on the screen, top-down, and you're going into caves, and you're finding holes, and you're blowing up, and there's like all these levels to things, but it's really just a flat surface, but it it pulled you into like, oh, I gotta go down this area to a dungeon, oh, there's the doorway here, oh, there's there's all these elements, and collecting items, and then and then having a save feature, was nuts about, like, completing some stuff, saving your game, and then coming back and, and, and playing uh, Legend of Zelda. So that was just, like, a trip. That was just, like, holy crap, seeing that. And then I think, you know, The Legend of Zelda 2 came out, and which is still an RPG, just it, it, they went side-scrolling. I mean, you still level up. You still get, um, you know, HP and magic and all these other elements. But again, it was just a game that was played differently. It was a side-scroller. Um, and then I believe I kind of was off RPGs for a while, like Super Nintendo came out and I real world and all that kind of stuff. And I think the next RPG that I probably touched again, not realizing it was an RPG was Legend of Zelda, um, a link to the past, uh, Super Nintendo came out and that was a fun game. And it was probably one of the first Legend of Zelda games that I actually 
had beaten, uh, played all the way through and, and, and beat it and was very like satisfied, you know, because it's like, I put all this time and effort and just, it was just something you accomplished. That was really kind of cool. And then I remember renting a few RPGs, um, not knowing they were RPGs or seeing the game and not knowing it was an RPG. So I remember one of the first times I rented uh, Chrono Trigger, um, I actually, I don't think I liked it because I had no idea what was going on. Like, I really enjoyed the art style. I remember seeing it in Nintendo Power Magazine. I believe it was like a 1994 issue because the game came out in 1995. And I'm like, oh, this looks a little really fun and really cool. And I didn't know what it was. It wasn't until probably, so that was like 95. So I think it was probably 97 after I played like Final Fantasy VII came out and I started playing that and then started diving back into these old school RPGs that I never got a chance to play. And there was games like Secret of Mana, which is now on the classic Super NES, which I hope to play and go through. Uh, I think probably Super Mario RPG was the one that I finally played that I realized it was an RPG just because it said Super Mario RPG. Yeah, I was a very dumb kid growing up. But, uh, yeah, I remember playing Super Mario RPG, and that was, like, one of those ones where I grinded. I um, actually even got to the point where there was a glitch in my save game where it kept deleting my game. Uh, So I ended up, uh, like, saving all, like, just... Constantly, I've played that game like multiple times, and again, it's out on the you know the classic Super NES now, which I'm probably going to dive back into. But I, I still have the original player's guide, and I still have the original game for my Super Nintendo, uh, which I should probably pop in sometime. I got to find a space to set it up and stuff like that. But yeah, Mario RPG was such a fun game, and I really would really love to see like an actual like direct sequel. Not uh, don't get me wrong, Paper Mario is cool. It's a, it's an interesting idea, and I loved it. I loved the first Paper Mario that came out for the N64. But for that to be the predecessor of, you know, Super Mario RPG, and then even, you know, that you have the Super Mario, uh, Mario Luigi um, games, yeah, Mario Luigi RPGs and stuff like that, which are fun and great games, you know, like Trouble in Time and all that kind of, you know, Mario antics. But I would love to see, like, Geno come back and Malo and all these characters on this Super Mario game, which was kind of funny because that was, like, their Squaresoft's last hurrah with Nintendo like, they built this Super Mario RPG, which was just, just took Mario in a di- completely um, different, like, era, you know? It was just something new, and it was just, like, it was just showing you there was this bigger outside world opposed to the Mushroom Kingdom, and it had all these great, uh, like, jokes and references to, like, the 90s. There's even, like, this boss battle of just, like, these these axe kids that look like pretty much Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, they have to fight, and then you have to actually fight, like, the Megazord and stuff. There was just so many weird elements, and just, like, how the graphics looked and everything. Like, Mario was very pristine and 3D and stuff. And this was still, like, a 16-bit game that you're just like, holy crap. And because they were competing, I think, still against... Yeah, Sega was still up, but I think Saturn was on its way coming. PlayStation was coming. And then it was until N64. And N64 really didn't have too many great RPGs. Um, they had a few good ones, but some of them were just like out there, but, but yeah, so I played Super Mario RPG and then it wasn't until later that I picked up Chrono Trigger and just started playing it and just fell in love with this game, with this graphics, this art style, this storyline, this, um, just, just in depth thing. And we've been wanting a sequel. We've been hoping for one. We did get one called Chrono Cross, but it wasn't really, um, what we wanted 
And I'm thinking right now, what I think they need to do is they need to release like a like uh, how many years was it? it came out in '95, so it's like what? I think when it gets to like wait 25 years, maybe 30 years of Chrono Trigger or something like that. You know, holy crap! They should just do this like like you don't even have to do a remaster; just re-release the game or something. But just give us some added stuff or some cool things and things like that. I mean, you you ported over the game and added like the cool like you know animated cutscenes. Than when it was re-released on the PlayStation stuff, but I would love to just see like maybe like a like a like a remaster. Like you don't even have to like just clean up the sprites. Maybe uh, I don't know. And you could switch it back and forth. You know, like you go old school, new school, kind of like cleaned up. But it'd just be great. But especially switch that thing. Put that thing on the fucking switch. Like I'm I'm over the over the moon with this new um, optic uh, path. You know travelers game it's it just reminds me of that old school rpg and the term based time thing and i was even playing it and it's going giving you tutorials and even i'm just like i finally figured out this thing i'm like oh i could do this i didn't know that and it's interesting and the fun part is is that you actually get to play as all eight of these characters even though they do team up and you battle you know with them throughout the game and stuff but like i just picked like the hunter and she is, it's incredible, it's crazy, it's like she has a, she has a bow and arrow attack, she has an axe attack, it's just, it's just really just fun just kind of going back to that old school RPG style, but yeah, Chrono Trigger was one of those games that I fell in love with, uh, finally got an actual physical copy of the Super Nintendo game, which I was waiting on for like ever, uh, one year during a birthday, and it's just been awesome, uh, I'm really excited, I, I'm actually thinking of, uh, I got to hook everything up again, like I said before, and just start playing some of the old school games again. But yeah, I just kind of wish that game was on the classic Super NES. And I also don't know, because I know they had Secret of Mana uh, is on there, but I don't know what else. I know they have Final Fantasy III, I think. But yeah, like some old school RPGs that just took me by surprise that I didn't even know that people... And I and I think it's cool because like South Park now, the new South Park games really have been doing, like, that cool kind of turn base. It actually reminded me of Mario RPG elements. You know, Mario RPG had this thing. It was like, if you hit the A button at a certain point, it would do more damage. Like, if you timed it, and it was all based on these time moves during the uh, that game, which I thought was really kind of cool. And I really wish some more um, RPGs would... Uh, would uh, in, incorporate that sometimes because I feel like it actually it gives you better like I you know you need to have strategy and stuff like that but it's kind of cool if someone tries to attack you you can hit like the B button at a certain time and yeah you'd still get hit or it could be a miss or it could just be less damage because you put up a little bit of defense you go to attack somebody you know you hit the A button you give like a little bit more boom at a certain point it does more damage like I kind of like that kind of aspect because it kind of gets you more focus on the battle instead of like okay what's going on what's like and don't get me wrong I love figuring out stuff I love like okay what are my options let's see i'm gonna go they're gonna go then my two teammates are gonna go you know and you strategize like okay this guy needs help so i'm gonna do that i'm gonna need to attack you know and i do like all that kind of stuff and don't get me wrong i love like the witcher stuff where you're just kind of going in and fighting people and fallout 3 and stuff and even skyrim uh you know but it is fun to have like that element of like turntable battles and a just in-depth storyline of just kind of interesting fun stuff but yeah, like, I really hope they make some more of these old-school RPG-style kind of games, because I think they're really cool. There's one for the PlayStation 1, and it reminds me like this, where you have eight characters that you're going to play a story, and they're going to team up at some point, and there was this PlayStation game by Squaresoft, and I'm really trying to remember what it was called, but... It was like that, where you had, like, all these different characters to choose from, and you play their storyline, but then you team up with them in the in the game um 
you know, later on and stuff like that, but you can go through and play through all these, you know, character storyline. And one of them I remember it was one of the characters was like a superhero and just had a really cool like battle move, but then you got stuck somewhere. But yeah, it was just, I'm trying to remember what it was called. I'll have to, if you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, I know it, you know what, maybe I should just look it up when I'm thinking about it. Cause if I don't, I remember uh, my buddy, Patrick, he rented it in high school and he was just like, holy crap. Yeah. Secret of Mana. Let's see. Classic RPGs. I'll do PlayStation 1. Let's see what I can find. Final Fantasy VII, Chrono Cross. Okay, yeah, there was Vagrant Story. I remember that. Xeno uh, Gear. I've never got a chance to play that. That was supposed to be some really cool, like, just, like, a really great RPG. Oh, yeah, you got stuff like, yeah. Uh, Parasite Eve, Sakodin 2 is also a really great one. Uh, even, yeah, the Castlevania, the... Symphony of the Night, that was a really good... Uh, then you had Legend of Mana that came out for the PlayStation. Uh, Miyazuki... Yeah, Squaresoft had a shit ton of games come out. I'm trying to... Yeah, they did... And Konami did Sakoden. They even did some remasters. They even did Parasite Eve, like, 2. Yeah, then, like, Final Fantasy Chronicles came out. Oh, God, where is that one game I am looking for? Is it Vagrant Profiles? Came out in 1999? Okay, let's see. Vagrant Profile is a... Game published by Enix for the PlayStation. It was released in Super Nintendo Japan. Vagrant Profile. Show me some stuff. Okay, let's see. Plays platform game. Real playing Vagrant is only visible to characters capable of jumping, sliding, swinging your sword, and shooting ice crystals. Huh, maybe not. All right, hold on. I know this is great potting because I'm like, maybe you shouldn't do your stuff. Uh, Legacy of Cain, I can never do classic RPGs. Let's see what I can find. PS1. Okay, Parasite E, Vagrant Story, Xenogear, Front Mission 3, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy. That's really all the ones they have? Huh. Well, shit. All right, I'm going to have to track this down. I thought I was going to be able to find it, but yeah, I mean, I'm just going through, like, just the list. Yeah, the Breath of Fire series from uh, Capcom. That started on Super Nintendo, I believe, at a certain point. Uh, Breath of Fire, like, yeah, it's just uh, these old classic RPGs, and I kind of miss those things. But it's kind of weird now that I think about it. Like, I didn't realize how many RPGs came out in that time frame, and then we kind of had an oversaturation, I guess, because we didn't have a lot of good RPGs for, um, let's see, I think maybe PlayStation... Two was the last probably epic era of like great RPGs, um, and then it kind of died off for a little bit because then we jumped into like yes, uh, let's see, it was N sixty four for a while. Yeah, I think Xbox three sixty maybe got some RPGs, but like we didn't really get too many things. And now PlayStation four, Xbox One, and uh, the Switch coming out, it seems like RPGs are kind of making a little bit of a, a comeback for a little bit. Uh, and I'm talking not just like, you know, like uh, Witcher kind of style RPG. I mean, like the old classic turn base and things like that. Like, because I remember the one that I played was like, holy crap, was, yeah, Final Fantasy. I, I haven't even played the new Final Fantasy one, but and they had a lot of crazy um, games and even games I never got a chance to like play. Um, like Wild Arms. Like, I remember my brother playing that one growing up and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's just like so. That's why I kind of wish there was just like, Maybe not even a, uh, like, you have to create, like, a like Nintendo did how they did those little small consoles with a bunch of games on them. I would just love, like, for Square and 
Konami, maybe they just put together like a game collection of like, oh, remember, here's a bunch of like RPGs uh, from 90, 1990 to 99, uh, just a, a collection of that. And then boom, you can just buy that for whatever console you want and get a chance to play some of these old school games. Um, I think most of these, some of these might pop up on like PlayStation stores or whatnot, but it's like, I'd rather just buy the bundle because I feel like if you're going to buy these individually, you're probably going to get screwed. I mean, unless the games are like two ninety nine digital, but I mean, when they came out, they were like probably 30 bucks a piece and I'm pretty sure PlayStation is probably trying to sell them for like 20 bucks a piece now. So it's like, eh, you know, but I mean, there's some fucking great ones, but like, I mean, I wish Nintendo would do that. Nintendo would just have like, Hey, here's a little like micro thing you could buy, plug it into the other port of the, you know, classic super Nintendo, um, and you could now have these RPGs that we didn't release on the actual console. Um, just an idea, but I think it would just be cool. But yeah, um, I love like the old school RPGs. So that's why this uh, new one that came out for the Switch has just been like a sh- like just a delightful. It just really took me back to like I I was just down there for an hour playing it, and then I was like. Uh, Matthew asked me about it, and he's like, oh, hey, hey what did you start as? I'm just like, oh, shit, that's right. I was going to record a, an Arcade Bros today. Um, so I quickly put it down, like, stopped what I was doing and, and, and started doing that. But, yeah, so I love those old-school, like, RPGs. And, like, yeah, if you, do yourself a favor. Even if you have, like, a mod on your computer or whatnot, like, check out a couple, man. Like, if you're, if you're really looking for some good RPGs, like, I don't know. I think the, 19, the 90s really had some solid ones, like, just ones that you saw and you're just like, because you look at it and you're like, oh, the graphics are 16 bits, but those stories, that gameplay, some of them have fucking twists and turns that you're like, this is really intricate for a game. Like, if you think about it, when they were putting these games out at that time, it wasn't for adults. It was for kids. And now, yeah, adults now play video games because we've grown up. Um, but like not too many adults were hitting those games at that time. Um, it wasn't for them. It was like us. And we grew up with this stuff and we're sitting there going like, okay, so these are adults creating games for kids with intricate storylines that we all fucking good got. Like we understood this shit. Like, I think I never liked reading in school, but I loved RPGs because the stories were fascinating. And it was like, kind of like that. Yeah. You had to read and figure out stuff and actually pay attention to the stories. But it also gave you that sense of you, you read something, you loved it. And then you progress to the story like you got to play like it was an interactive kind of book um, kind of thing. So, I mean, fuck, if they were just like, hey, just play a video game, play an RPG in school and just tell us the story. It'd be like, that's awesome. Sorry, I need a little bit of a swig of a beer so I can keep my throat from going. But, yeah, I don't think these episodes are going to be like way too long. Uh, just give you a little retrospect on some games that like cheered me up when I was growing up and just things that just got you to escape, you know. For a while, but yeah, um, that's what I miss about the summer. Sometimes it's like, yeah, now you're an adult and stuff, and you don't really have the time. But as a kid, especially growing up in Arizona and stuff like that, with the heat, it was just so much nice to be like, okay, I'm either gonna go out rent a game, or if I could buy a game, or if I have the game, just sit at home and just engulf myself and during the day at least for the summer of playing these video games because it was too fucking hot, too fucking hot. Like the day it was like 93 with cloud coverage i'm like so it's fucking 93 doesn't matter if there's clouds out or not it's still gonna be fucking hot but um yeah just some fun stuff so you guys uh let me know just uh, if you like the retrospect um i think uh next one i'll do i'll think i'll try to talk about maybe uh the super mario franchise how i fell in love with it how mario has evolved today or actually you know what i think i might actually go down maybe the sega genesis path because uh, i'll say uh, we were talking about some good fucking music from some sega genesis tracks 
uh, Sonic the Hedgehog three at one point. So um, yeah, maybe maybe we'll dive into the Sega. When when did I when when did I when did I finally buy a Sega? Um, yeah, that was that, yeah that was like the first time. Now I think it's funny how I have a shit ton of consoles now, but back then when I had the two consoles, it was like holy shit, this guy knows what he's doing. Now it's like you have way too many of these. Do you have time to play them? I'm like no. It saddens me. I'm just throwing money away. But um, hopefully I'll be gaming more and keeping up with doing some Arcade Bros and stuff like that. But yeah, so you know where to find us on the web. Uh, Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Arcade underscore Bros. Also that on the Instagram. Also go to the Facebook page, like us. Um, And if you want to reach out to me, like you're like, hey, I want to talk some video games with you or... Maybe you're working on a video game, or maybe you've done some video games or whatnot, but feel free to hit us up on the Facebook page and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we can connect and we can chit-chat, even if you're outside of the state and you're just like, hey, I want to. we can do a Skype uh, interview and stuff like that. I'm, I'm all good with that. So I just want to thank you guys all for hanging out. Um, Arcade Bros isn't dead. Uh, I still have one life left. Haha, <laughs> but infinity continues. Um, but yeah, so... I'll keep you guys posted on what we're doing and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed um, this episode. Uh, If anybody actually knows that RPG that I was talking about for the PlayStation, um, because the name fucking escapes me, uh, please let me know. That would be great help. Uh, Good times and everything like that. But, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. So uh, until next time, kiddos, keep on gaming shit This has been another fine production of the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, check out www.4iradio.com. Yeah, that last little part, I couldn't figure out my board. Yay, I'm back.